So walk me through this beforehand. Here they are. Oh, those three. That's it. <laughs> and I'm reading one right now. Okay. But we're going to talk about why that is. So light month. Uh-huh. Cool. Cool, cool. But you traveled a lot. Yeah, we're going to talk all about yeah. it. Okay. Okay. This is going to be episode 80. 80. Look at us. I know. All right. Well, shall we begin? Yeah. Okay. Welcome to episode 80 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. My name is Chris Jensen, I sell books, and I am also a grad student sometimes. And I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia. It's July reading recap time. Hooray! Uh, this week we are going, I am going to talk to Annie about the books that she read this month. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you. It is a list. A list that exists. And that is way briefer than usual. It is. There are not as many books on this list (laughs) as there are on a typical reading recap list. So let's get to the books and maybe talk about why the list is shorter. Yeah, I definitely want to talk a little bit about my reading rhythm this month because I'd love another person's perspective on why we have lighter months sometimes. Well, let's start there. Okay. So this month was busy at the bookshelf in terms of lots of events. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do notice that sometimes my reading changes when I'm super busy at the store. Um, but I also traveled a lot. I went mm-hmm. to market in Atlanta. And normally traveling for me before the bookshelf meant lots of reading. Mm-hmm. Like I would frequently take, a, still do, take like a bag of books with me. But market was for business, which meant on the way up I was kind of planning you know, how we were going to do market and and what we were going to get and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think I have another reason that I have not been reading as much this month. And that is because I have been knitting like an old woman. I'm sorry. That's derogatory. Like a stereotypical old woman. There we go. Okay. (laughs) Um, so I took a knitting class at Fuzzy Goat a year ago. Fuzzy Goat is our area yarn store. And we actually did an episode with Cadence several months ago. Cadence is a friend of mine and she owns the fuzzy goat and I took a class there and I've been knitting off and on like knitting scarves that take me about I don't know half an hour to an hour I told (laughs) her I needed like I'm not the kind of knitter who needs long projects yeah Yeah. I need stuff that I can finish um I don't know what that says about me that like I needed projects that could be done so I could see that I had accomplished something Mm -hmm. I'm sure that's a personality trait of some kind um but at the beginning of the month, Cadence and Fuzzy Goat do a first Friday knitting project. Okay. So I started it the first Friday in July. Okay. Then I went out of town for July 4th. We had um, a friend of ours, we had some personal kind of emergencies kind of thing that changed the first half of our month. And, and then traveled to Atlanta, traveled to Birmingham. All that to say, when I went on these trips, I would take my knitting with me because... Reading in front of people is rude. Right. But knitting in front of people, for whatever reason, is more socially acceptable. (laughs) So when I was with my in-laws, for example, I took my knitting. And as a result, I just have not read as many books. I think there are some other reasons behind that. And we'll talk about that when we talk about each book. But um, just... Just overall, I don't know if adding a new hobby to the mix actually affected... Like, in the evenings, instead of reading, I would knit while watching TV. Mm -hmm. And part of that, again, I think is due to 
being tired and the store has been really busy. And so when I come home, I don't want to read. I want right. to do something mindless. And knitting is certainly not mindless, but I can do it while I'm doing you something else. You can multitask. Else. Yeah, which we've talked about. We have um, talked about. And I, I think that, if, all that to say, I think that affected my reading this month. And I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think sometimes we all need breaks. Yeah. And even if it's breaks from things that we love. Right. Because we can get burned out. Yeah, and I certainly think we've talked about on the podcast before about reading breaths. Mm-hmm. And I feel a little bit like I'm in one, and we'll talk about that based on the books I read this month. Um, but the fact of the matter is sometimes when a book takes me a longer amount of time, I don't I don't gravitate toward it mm-hmm. as much. And so it's not my go-to right. thing that I'm doing. Right. So we'll, we'll talk about that. But that is kind of a lengthy explanation of why my list is so short this month and... And again, I'm trying to figure out how I feel about that and and what I want August to look like because August promises to be a little bit more of the same. I'm going to be traveling some Mm -hmm. on weekends and anyway, so we'll see if I can get back into my groove. Yeah. We also talked a lot. We've, we have talked a lot in the store lately about how the last couple weeks of July have been really slow in terms of new releases Mm -hmm. of things that we would stock and things that we would carry. So that is also probably slowing you down too. Yeah. And certainly even I had a customer come in the store today and ask me what I've been reading lately and we're going to, you're going to see, but most of what I've been reading lately is ARCs and galleys, meaning I've got nothing to show people. Um, and then I read one book this month that I absolutely adored, but it's for a certain audience. Mm -hmm. And so I know I, I knew I couldn't recommend it to this person, uh, this particular customer um but when you're reading so far in advance i think that does affect your reading rhythm too a little bit um because you're not i'm not hand selling things i'm i'm hand selling a lot of backlist titles like the vacationers or the Mm -hmm. rosie project or where'd you go bernadette all these summer you know beach kind of reads but i didn't do a ton of summertime beach Mm -hmm. reading for myself this year and so i don't have a ton of new releases right. to be pushing right so anyway just i don't know lots to think about i guess in terms of this month's reads so the first one on that list um is coming out in september it's commonwealth by ann patchett yeah and i think you liked it a lot yes so i full disclosure everybody loves ann patchett like mm-hmm. everybody i talk to whether they're a literary reader or a commercial reader everybody loves ann patchett booksellers love ann patchett she's because she's one of us of yeah bookstores exactly um but i had only read her nonfiction, mm-hmm. and i was okay with that like a lot of people have tried to get me to read bel canto and state of wonder i want to read them but again i think when you work in in the book quote-unquote industry i think you think uh, that's backlist stuff. I don't right. need to read that. I've got to read new stuff. Mm-hmm. Hence the perfect excuse then to read this. To read the new stuff. Yeah. So Commonwealth came in as an ARC and I immediately snagged it for myself thinking, okay, now's my chance to read Ann Patchett's fiction. And I started it, um, at the beginning of the month, like July 4th weekend, thinking it would be maybe a quick read. It's not, but I, but I mean that in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me probably a week and a half, two weeks to, to get through it, but it's so well written. It's a family story. We've talked many times. That's like my thing. I love the kind of dysfunctional family stories. The story opens on a party after a christening. Okay. And, um, a man comes in who's unexpected. He's not really, he has an RSVP to this party, but he comes in and starts mingling with the family. And then he flirts with the wife, the, the mother of the child who's just been christened. Okay. And the decisions that they make that day 
then, and no spoilers, this is all, uh, you know, first few pages, um, the decisions that they make that day affect the lives of their children and their families for the next, you know, 20, 40 years. I like that. Um, it was, I think I'm, I think if I'm looking for a comp title, I'm going to say, um, the nest or sons and daughters of ease and plenty, but less humor. I mean, there are some funny lines in here, but it's more a serious look at the decisions that we make and how they affect our lives long term. And, she just weaves the story so beautifully. And because I've not read her fiction, I don't know if this is typical, but I'm going to guess it is um, based on customers' responses to her writing. I just really... It's going to make my top um, 10 books of 2016. Excellent. I really liked it a lot. And I cannot wait to sell it. It comes out on September 13th, um, which will I know you and I were just talking. Seems like forever away, but it's not. It's It'll not. be here so yeah. soon. And we have ordered signed copies. So Excellent. if you're listening to this and you know, oh my gosh, I want to read that, um, please call us or pre and pre-order it through us. We can get you a signed copy. Um, it's just... It was really excellent. Uh, I really liked it a lot. I was listening to an episode of Invisibilia this morning, um, and the new host, and now I forget her name, Hannah Rosen, um, was talking about how, like, life isn't, like, the strict progression of cause and effect of, like, this creates this, creates this, creates this, but that it's, like, all these little things that we can't see and can't perceive that are not making decisions for us, but changing our opportunities. And it sounds like this book is kind of like that mm-hmm. too. Yeah. It, and because it's not immediately cut and dry, like it doesn't open with this chapter where these adults are kind of making what I would consider poor decisions. And then the next chapter is like the immediate fallout. Instead, right. it kind of jumps time, um, which sometimes can be confusing to me, mm-hmm. but she's really done it and has done it beautifully. Like it, she kind of jumps from time period to time period. So you're getting a look at the lives of the children affected by this decision when they are adults. Mm-hmm. And I really like that because you're right. It's not immediate, an immediate consequence or an immediate effect. Instead, those decisions affect other decisions, affect other decisions 20 years down the road. Right. So, um, Gosh, I just, I remember I loaned the ARC to Hunter McClendon, who's occasionally on the podcast, and he also read it, and we've talked about it since then, and he said he thinks it would make a really great movie, and I agree. I don't, I almost don't want it to be one, right? um, but just because it's so good, but I really do think just in my mind, it just played so visually. Like, I knew what things looked like, and, and what these characters were like, and I really liked it. I actually think you would like it quite I a bit. I think I would too. Yeah. Um, and it's a beautiful cover. It's a beautiful cover. Else. Yeah. Um, so Commonwealth by Ann Patchett. Please read it. I really do think you'll love it. Awesome. Well, your second book here is The Trespasser. Okay. The Trespasser is coming out in October. Um, it may have already been released in the UK. I'm not sure. Um, it is the newest suspense novel by Tana French. Oh, that one. Okay. You've heard me talk about her a lot in the store and on the Mm -hmm. podcast. She's probably my favorite suspense writer. I love suspense, particularly when I'm feeling like I'm in a book slump. Mm -hmm. Um, And after Commonwealth, I just felt like I needed something I could kind of fly through. Well, Trespasser came in and I like weighed it. Like, you know what I mean? Like I grabbed it from the ARC pile and it was like my reward (laughs) for like making it through a busy day or something like that. And then I took it home and the Trespasser is like 436 pages, I think. Okay. So it's hefty for, for to me, I think that's a little hefty for a suspense novel. Mm -hmm. 
Tana French has this series. I think it's called the Dublin Murder Squad. I've never considered them a series because all she does is she takes a minor character from the previous book and makes them the main character. Um, so they all build on each other, but they're entirely standalone. Uh -huh. um, my favorites are um, the likeness in a dark uh, in in the woods and secret place. And I was so excited to read the Trespasser, and I didn't. Oh no. Super disappointing. Like I cannot I don't think anybody really knows quite how sad I am to be oh, saying no. that. I think here's why. Because I, I want to be clear, as I frequently am when I say I don't really love a book, um, other people could love this. For me, I didn't fall in love with the narrator, mm -hmm. with the main character. Um, Detective I Antoinette, I think her last name is Conway. Um I wanted to love her and just never could. She's like a woman on the on the police force, on the murder squad, and, and she's being kind of taunted because it's this boys' club. And so I I wanted to I wanted to support her and like love her and root for her. And normally, even if a character's not likable, I can still mm -hmm. kind of root for their story. And her, I just kind of felt like, eh, I don't really care. <laughs> I don't right. care. Um, and then the the murder kind of at the heart of the book was really intriguing. I honestly think this suffered from too long. Too much details too long. Needed to be needed, need another edit. Needed another edit, absolutely. Because, um, no spoilers at all, but the ending I actually thought was really clever. The ton of French I'm used to. Like, super smart ending. Really great storytelling, but like too much. Like the narrative needed to be cut down a little mm. bit. And in my opinion, and I can't wait to hear what other people think. This is part of the problem of like reading in a vacuum and I didn't like it, but the New York times may love it or, you know, another customer may adore it, but it just fell kind of flat for me. And I, I honestly hate saying that because I love yeah. her so much. No, and do. I so looked forward. Like, again, it was my reward at the end. And instead, it felt like another slog. And Commonwealth was not a slog. But it, like I said, it took me about a week and a half, mm -hmm. which is long for me. And Trespasser took the same amount of time, which uh, to me, which a, a suspense thriller, novel yeah. should not. It just shouldn't. And Again, toward the end, I, it picked up the pace, and I wanted to know what happened, and I would pick it up at night before bed. But I, I just didn't love this one like I desperately wanted to. Do you think it was maybe also a case of expectations? Like you were saving it, you were going to savor it, and it was going to be your reward, and then it just wasn't? Yeah, because I did think to myself, what if this was the first ton of French book I had ever read? And I think it'd be fine. Yeah. Like, I think it would be fine. But I think because I have just grown accustomed to absolutely loving her thrillers. Like, mm -hmm. I just love her suspense storytelling. And then for this one to just be meh, it just felt like, and probably podcast listeners are thinking this too, but we've done a lot of Love It or Loathe It episodes based on thrillers. Uh -huh. And I feel like I have just read a boatload of subpar, or just par, maybe just par, on par, <laughs> suspense books that I just don't like. I don't typically like I know, suspense you books. Don't. Um, the only ones that I read out of obligation really are Dan Brown. Okay. Because like they're not good. None right. of those books are good. They're fun. Yeah. They're enjoyable, but they're not good. Yeah. Um, I read Inferno last year when I two years ago when it came out. And I had to count all the times that Robert Langdon is described as Rye. 
<laughs> and it's like more than six times. Oh, wow. Which is a really weird, I want to say it might even be more than 10 times, but just a really weirdly descriptive to word to using. use that many times. Yeah, without an editor picking up on it. Right. Um, so it was very strange, but I read those, but I don't, I just don't really enjoy thrillers in general. Yeah. And I typically do, but I will say this year has not been the year of the thriller for me. Like every suspense novel we've read for love it or loathe it, or just in general, I've kind of felt like, yeah, this is fine. Mm. I keep hearing wonderful things. And I, I think we've got a podcast listener who recommended this one, but, um, I keep hearing good things about before the fall. Oh yeah. And so I desperately want to pick that one up next. In fact, we're going to talk about, I'm going to pick your brain about what I should read next because okay. like I said I'm a little we can definitely slump. talk about that but I did read the first chapter before the fall when we got the galley in and yeah. I didn't like it right. because I don't like suspense right um, so, but I asked but you, other people and I did yeah. you did you said will I like this and I said no yeah so I so I tr- and I trust you but this other customer loved it so I'm just trying to figure out what to read next but we'll yeah, get to that we can get to that uh, the last one you read is one that I really want to read. Um, it's called You'll Grow Out of It. Okay. So I've got this, and I do want to talk about the book I'm reading right now because I think I'm going to finish it before the month is out. We're recording this on the July 29th. 29th. Um, but You'll Grow Out of It is by Jesse Klein. She must be a writer for Amy Schumer's show, which is called um, something that I don't know. Amy. What is Amy Schumer's? Inside Amy Schumer. Yes, thank yeah. you. I we got like, it. It's, yeah. it's got her name in it, which I have never seen. Oh, it's um, good. It's I ha- funny. I have never seen it. It's foul, but it is funny. I have never... I mean, I wa- I saw Trainwreck um, with Amy Schumer in it, but I picked this one up. I, I don't even really know why. I... And I, this is the book I adored. Mm-hmm. I mean, and look, I liked Commonwealth. It's going to make my best books of 2016. But like in terms of enjoyment mm-hmm. and like ability to pick it up, fly through it because I wanted to fly through it, because I wanted to pick it up when I was bored. Um, this book is hilarious. Like, I think I got to this, it's a collection of essays um, by Jesse Klein, and I think I got to the second or third essay and immediately, like, before I was finished with it, I frequently will put, like, little book reviews on Instagram, and I took a picture because I was laughing mm-hmm. so hard I remember that. in bed, and I was like, everybody must know about this book. Like, <laughs> I need people to know about this book. It is specifically for 20-something, 30-something-year-old women. It will it will be lost on you, I think. Okay. I don't know. Okay, well, let me explain. So, I, I know for sure it, it skews younger. Like, I don't think it's for an older audience. Mm-hmm. She is late thirties, early forties. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just know, I just know certain customers, this is not going to be for them. And then I read, like, this was one of those books where I was super obnoxious to Jordan. And I was like, listen to this. Like, and Jordan would like do a light chuckle. Mm-hmm. And now Jordan and I have different senses of humor, but it's just really female specific mm-hmm. humor. Like sh- there's a chapter about get the epidural mm-hmm. that is hilarious. I've not even experienced childbirth, but I thought it was hilarious um there's a chapter or an essay about um whether women are which this is going to sound derogatory but it wasn't it was very funny um whether women are wolves or poodles (laughs) are you a wolf or a poodle poodles don't have to try very hard to be eloquent wolves do and i read that aloud to my husband because i was like someone finally understands me like the the (laughs) things that she was describing were felt so specific 
that I felt known. Like, I felt like, oh my gosh, like this woman understands the plight of, the, the whole premise of the book is when you grow up a tomboy, people tell you you'll grow out of it. But what happens when you don't grow out of it? Mm-hmm. And I grew up and I loved her because tomboys sometimes can be associated with athleticism. Mm-hmm. But for me, it was not. It just meant I wasn't comfortable with girly things. Like, I remember my mom trying to teach me how to put on mascara when I was 18 years old. Mm -hmm. Like, I just don't, I just, those are not things I particularly enjoy, and that type of girlhood is lost on me. And so she writes a lot about this and and what that means as you enter adulthood and as you kind of grow up and into yourself, and that you don't really outgrow those parts of you. Like, they Mm -hmm. stay with you. And I just thought... Gosh, I just thought it was so funny and really well written. And, like, I want all my girlfriends to read it um, because I just felt like, oh, she gets it. Like, she understands what it's like to grow up this way or what it's like um, to ask these questions or I don't know. I just really loved it. It's for if you like Lena Dunham. Mm Mm-hmm. If you like Mindy Kaling, Mm -hmm. um, those are comparable titles. There was one chapter, one essay that I would have preferred not to read, but all the others were really excellent. Um, And and I just just loved it. And, I mean, women's memoir and autobiography is kind of sort of the subject of my dissertation, so I still think I'll like it. I think (laughs) think I'll appreciate it. I think you will like it. Um, I just think... um, which Jordan and I have different senses of humor. My brother would probably like it. Mm-hmm. My brother would probably enjoy it. Um, but again, I do think it's kind of a specific age. I, just because some of the things she talks about um, are because she was a child of the 80s. or because, right. Like, so, which I, you know, I was born in the late 80s. So, uh, you know, I didn't, it, not all of it resonated with me, but gosh, I, I do think you could probably try a couple of essays and see if you like it. That's the great thing about a collection of essays yeah. is you can you kind of pick it up and see if you like it. You don't it. have to read the whole thing. Um, so if you're not going to read the whole thing, I would say the, the essay about um, poodles and wolves is hilarious. <laughs> and um, she just has a couple others that are just outstanding. So really liked it. Um, You'll Grow Out of It by Jesse Klein. And we do have that one in stock right we now. We do. It's, it's not an ARC, which may be part of the other joy behind it. But it was a real... Yes, it was like, a real book. <laughs> professionally bound book. Yes. I think I'm going to buy one, actually. I kind of sneaked this one out of the store and you read did. it. But <laughs> that was a disapproving look. No, I gave it to you. I pulled it from the shelf and put it in your hands. That's true. <laughs> um, you can find it. Yeah, you can find it on our shelves now. And I think it's, all of our copies have my bookmark with my face to keep Yeah, <laughs> and it's also on bestseller. Yeah, it is. Um, bestseller wall. Good for her. Yeah, good work. Okay, so what are you reading right now? Okay, so this is what I wanted to talk about um, because I have been reading Zadie Smith's um, Swing Time, okay. which comes out in November. I have been reading that for a week and a half to two weeks. Mm-hmm. I have not read Zadie Smith before. Um, she is pretty well known mm-hmm. in the literary world specifically. Um, she writes really literary fiction. Um, but I had not read her previous books. So again, kind of like Ann Patchett, I thought, well, this is my chance to read this one. It's beautifully written. It's about two uh, young biracial girls growing up in 1980s London. Mm-hmm. Um, they're aspiring dancers. And the book kind of jumps time a little bit like like Commonwealth did. Um, one of the girls is a much more talented, talented dancer, but the other one really understands rhythm and the nuance and it's just a lot it kind of reminds me of Americana in that it's a lot about race Mm -hmm. and growing up in London in the 80s and Americana wasn't about that but the the themes for some reason seem very familiar Mm -hmm. Um, and 
I, I, we've talked about many times this movement towards trying to read diversely. And right. so I'm trying to do that too. And so picked it up. I am liking it, maybe even loving it because it's really well written and beautiful, but I'm not, I don't go to pick it up when I'm bored. And I don't know, I'm trying to like figure out what that means because, and I'd love us to do a podcast episode on when you decide to give up a book. Right. Because there is part of me that wants to give up this book only because I've got like a backlog of other titles I really want to read and I really want to be reading other things right now, but I'm also stubborn and I like this book. (laughs) I don't dislike it, so I want to finish it, but it is hefty. Yeah, it's big. It's big. Jordan, I don't know. I didn't think it was that big. And then Jordan was like, what on earth book are you reading? Because it it is, it's a lot of pages. I don't know how many pages it is. Um, But I'm just trying to figure out, keep going, persevere, or, and we've talked about this, but like put it down for a minute, read something else and go back to it. But Mm -hmm. I'm worried if I put it down, I'm not going to pick it back up. Yeah. It is a struggle. It is a struggle. And again, I'm, I'm trying to read diversely, not only because she's an, um, an African-American, she may be a British author actually. Um, but you know, reading diversely in that sense, but also because it's kind of outside my comfort zone. Right. Um, kind of outside my typical genre although is it maybe not but yeah, it doesn't, doesn't sound like <laughs> it sounds like my typical <laughs> genre um i'm just trying to figure out move on or stick it out i i want you to finish it <laughs> okay um. <laughs> great i will uh get on that i think <laughs> i think it's just like t- it's friday night um jordan is out of town like i would love to like cozy up with a book right. and this to me is not a super cozy up like read through the night book maybe this is the beginning of your experiment with different books for different times of day oh that's a good point maybe it's your morning book or right something right because we did talk about that so that's what i'm reading right now i want i want to love it and i like it and i i just it sounds really good it does the premise is great got this kind of element of and this is maybe not right, but this kind of element of Black Swan where it's like the one person who's like really technical about it and really practices and is hard work and the other person just kind of naturally gets it. And yeah. they're both good, but for different reasons. Yeah. And I'm really into stories like that. Yeah. Apollonian Dionysian. It's all fun. Great. And they're both, I think the book, I'm, I'm not super far along. I don't know. I'm probably a hundred, 150 pages in, but I think the book is going to show their friendship. So it starts when they're kids. I mean, they are kids growing up in 1980s London. And I think it's going to show them in adulthood and, and did they have a falling out or, Mm -hmm. um, and I, and I think it's kind of a realistic look at girlhood friendships. And she references like one day we were friends and then the next day we weren't, but we were friends again three days later, which I feel like happens a lot with friendships in general, but especially when we're little, um, so, so I liked it. I, I wish I liked it even more than I do um, because I would love it to be the book that I, it's been the book that I tote with me in my bag everywhere. Like I had to get a flat tire change this week and I sat trying desperately to read it in the waiting area and I did, but I felt like I was, I was distracted. I mean, and I've thought about this a lot too, because I, when I have time to read what I want, I tend to read a lot of literary fiction, but I think literary fiction is hard to pick up and put down. It is. Like to read three pages at a time, yeah. which you can do with suspense. Right. Because it takes... It doesn't take as long to get you caught. Right. Up. And also the amount of time it takes to just read pages. You might read three pages of Zadie Smith that'll 
you'll be like 15 pages in ton of French at the same time. Right. Um, no, I think that I think you could be onto something there because when I read like Fates and Furies, I read it in a couple of settings. Right. Um, and this, I think I could totally get into if I ever was just, just sitting down reading. Do it. So maybe that is Which, what I do this weekend. I mean, weekend. you've got a weekend. Yeah. Maybe before the Harry Potter party. Harry Potter party. Um, what are you reading right now? I'm reading the Arthurian romances of Chrétien de Troyes, which are so fun. They're so good. <laughs> um, they are 12th century romances. They're the like first real like stories of King Arthur. Okay. Um, and all of his knights. And I did not expect you just... I mean, I love Arthurian legends in general, and I've really only read the British ones. This is French, and I'm reading it in translation because I'm not a total masochist. Um, They're just so fun, and I didn't expect to get really caught up in the story and just not be able to put it down. But it's five stories. They're each about 90 pages long. I'm teaching two of them in the fall, so I want to get familiar with them. Just great. Good. That must be kind of nice to actually kind of get lost in them for a change. Yeah. Instead of just having to slog through, right. like, Jeffrey of Monmouth's History of the Kings of Britain, which is what I read last week. That um, does not sound fun. Well, but that's, like, the actual first King Arthur story. <laughs> but it's, like, a history, whereas these are romances. Right. And they're a lot more fun. Um, so those are the books I read in July. Mm-hmm. And I would love to know what other people are reading. So, as usual, you can find full episodes of the podcast on iTunes or on our store website. That's www.bookshelfthomasville.com. And you can tag us and tell us what you're reading on Twitter or on Instagram at Bookshelf Thanks so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye.